This is Donald Hall, mayoral candidate for the city of Olive Branch. You're listening to my favorite podcast, OB Pod. This is Deputy Austin Eldridge, and you are listening to my favorite podcast, OB Pod. Evening, Cash. Evening, Zach. How you been, brother? Been struggling. You know, I'm watching my bracket go into crumbles and complete fire, and I don't know what to do about it. Um, I got no sympathy for you. I, you know, every year that I get involved in one of those brackets, I end up just, you know, wiping my butt with the piece of paper <laughs> when it's over, and it's just a complete waste of time and money, sadly. Well, no, because it's about the ride. You get to enjoy all of these college basketball games. You got action on them. It's a blast. I like to win. I don't like to lose money, and when you when this has so oh. many variables, I'm one, of the, I'm one of those guys. Yeah, I'm one of those people. You know, yeah, that doesn't sound like very much fun. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I like well, being able to root for Loyola as they lose to Oregon State and don't cover the spread. But hey, you know, you get to be a little bit salty about these. Hold on, no, 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 so I do enjoy a good gamble. Now, I'll tell you, I go out to Arkansas on the horse races, the you know the ponies, and that's like that. that those are a fun. lot of fun. You know, the, the old rules of you know one's the coolest name, always bet on the gray horse. Yeah, you know, do all those things like that. You know, until my my very last experience now my wife she'll kill me when she hears this but it'll be okay <laughs> like that the last time we went to the horse races i swear she was like the grim reaper i mean oh she, she was, was a cooler oh no what do you call it i think she the, the two of the horses that she bet on on her deal one was severely injured and the other one they had to kill on the track <laughs> they had to put it out of his misery and it was awful and i was like I told Alicia, I said, I can't take you back. No, you know, I mean, you, for, I mean, for the safety of the horses, we can't we're say. animal lovers. I don't need this tragedy out here on my soul. You know, and she, oh, she is going oh, to murder man. me. She is going to murder me. But anyway, um, but you know, it is what it is. Besides that, you know, I got to enjoy a good, good bit of college basketball, having a lot of fun. So I, I'm happy. How about you? Are you readjusting to society? <sighs> You know, I got to tell you, my, my worldly travels have come to an end, which I'm not going to lie. It was a fantastic trip. I was so thankful I got to have it. Um, uh, you know, it, it was an experience that I can call, you know, something I can remember for a lifetime. And so I'm very, very happy. Uh, I'm just kind of getting back and adjusted. You know what I mean? Um, I'm happy to be back at work. Uh, Were you one of those people that need a vacation after your vacation? Yes. Okay. Yes. You know, and that's the thing. When we got done the trip, we're like, we're looking at each other going, you know, every time I go on a trip now, it's going to be like, huh, this one's not going to really measure up. Oh. Kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, but you know how you, you say you wanted to have it. So that's the way it goes. And so again, very thankful. Um, and thankful to be back at work, you know. Uh, speaking of work, you know, as we always talk about every week, guys, if you're looking for a good job, you need to be checking out Michael Hatcher and Associates. Just this week, I've, I, I got to talk to two or three people who saw our ads on social media and listened to us on the podcast, and they have applied. We're wishing them good luck on positions. Like I said before, they have multiple, multiple positions open, okay? That is estimator, uh, project manager. They're looking for a mechanic. Some foreman. A foreman, a crew, a crew members, an uh, irrigation tech, several positions out there. So make sure if you're looking for a new career or looking for a better job, whatever the situation is, make sure that you contact Michael and Hatcher and Associates, okay? That is at HatcherLandscape.com. And there's plenty of contact information on the website for you to get to. Well, I think we're going to go ahead and dive right into the announcements because we have a lot of good ones. Oh, there's no doubt. No doubt. Several of these affect everyone. And it's something also to kind of keep your eyes out for. But one of the first ones I want to get right to is, is that um, one of those great Facebook pages, uh, those groups or communities, there's one for dealing with Lewisburg. You know, like Hernando has a big one called mm-hmm. Hernando Happenings. And there's one for Lewisburg. There's one for Olive Branch. And if, you, if you're a community person who wants information from people around you, these, these are great little communities to do that with. Um, And I was brought to the attention um, by this group that there was a zoning hearing that is very curious and very concerning 
for uh, the group really close to Lewisburg, especially if you live close to Lewisburg High School, middle school, that area there. I was going to say really close. It's basically yeah. in the high school. It's within a stone's throw. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, guys, on April 1st, the DeSoto County um, you know, supervisors and them will be having a zoning hearing uh, for a property that is right there on the corner of Kraft and Bahia Road. This is the property that Broadway Grill and Market is on, okay? What is going to happen? What the zoning hearing is proposing is changing this so that they can put in a dollar general market along with other buildings that have retail opportunities, you know, strip malls, things of that nature. They're also talking about an 80 plus unit self storage as well as an 80 plus lot community behind it. Okay. This is only on 53 acres, so you can imagine... How crowded. Now, 53 acres is huge, but when you're talking about this much stuff, that is crowded. Yeah, so we are going to put a picture of this proposed development on our social media page so you can see it, but I'm telling you, it is impressive how much is on this 53 acres. (laughs) And not in a good way. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, like, bottom line is, is that if you know this area, it is nothing but flat kind of semi-hill going up to Schottenpock Hill. There's nothing there. It's very barren. There's fields, there's some trees. The only development in there is that Broadway market, which has been closed down for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, I've known the Broadways. They've tried to get that business rolling. It's just not enough traffic through the area. It's not enough going on. Uh, and it's unfortunate because it's been there forever. It's yeah. a great place. Um, now, like the strip malls, I don't really have a problem with. I think that that's always a nice little thing. And you can put a lot of local stores You in can. That. It has a potential. I'll give you a great example if you want to know what this is going to look like. Almost the identical same idea, minus the self-storage, has already happened in Olive Branch. If you go to the corner of Church and Pleasant Hill, there is a like a I think a Dollar General a gas station. Well, that Dollar General is a little bit further down. A little bit further down. You yeah. got the gas station. You got the strip, the strip mall, mall, which which there's a community behind it. Okay. Yep. That is what they're planning on doing right here. So if you are leaving Lewisburg High School on Craft Road, going over 69, where it dead ends to uh, Bahia, mm-hmm. you're basically going to be running right into the new Dollar General Market and their strip of retail, and then the community and self storage be behind it. Okay. And so that I, gives I you a vision. The point of the storage units, but I mean, I, no one likes storage units. Yes, they're needed and everything, but they just look yeah. bled. Well, it's just the idea. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's more of the idea. So, um, but there's say, a lot of people that are talking about this, good, bad, and ugly. I don't, we're not getting, we're not going to get into that part of it. We just wanted y'all to be aware of the situation. But if you ever are at that corner of Church and Pleasant Hill, Hit up that Apsar Cafe because it is some of the best food you will get in the area, especially if you like some pho. Yeah. Uh, absolutely I, delicious. I've heard that as well as there is also a nail salon there. My wife uses it. It's she fantastic. Absolutely, she absolutely loves it. So, not, you know, free pimping. Hey, you know, that's what I we're mean, doing I, here. I got a pedicure there. I absolutely love the people. <laughs> How Amazing. Dare How dare you? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there's also, ice cream. side note, we've also heard, so just to give you some background, a Dollar General is different than a Dollar General Market, okay? Mm-hmm. Dollar General Market is the new wave of what Dollar General is trying to go for, where it's leaning more towards a small community grocery that also has some household items. The normal Dollar General has a very small grocery area and has a lot of variety general. It's like a minimized Walmart, yeah. you know what I mean? So the Dollar General market is going to be more like a small grocery store, and their sales pitch is really quicker, cheaper, and less stressed than the big box. You know what I mean? So that's what it is. Now, the reason that's important is is that we have heard that 
they've already approved a Dollar General market to be put in place at the corner of College and 305. Whew. Now, if you know College and 305, there's nothing there. No. It is literally just a really not a great four-way, I'll be honest with you, because it's kind of on a hill, a blind hill. There's been some accidents there. I knew a guy in high school that had an accident there. It's one of those things. And I'm not even sure which corner they're putting it on because there's a house with a nice little pond on one side. There's a residential area on the other. So I'm very curious to see how they're going to do it. Hope We'll keep an eye on it. But just giving you all FYI, if, you, if this bothers you or you're curious about it or if you want to pitch you know, your opinion on it, I would be there at the meeting, and that is April 1st. The next topic we want to hit on is Porch Pirates. Yes, you are hearing that right. Now, I know a lot of people have seen the cameras of people installing on their porch so they can catch these people. Oh, yeah. The blink camera. The you know, <laughs> ring doorbell. Exactly. Uh, I mean, there's a whole bunch of different ways. And so right now, OBPD are actively searching for two people that are stealing packages off of porches. Pictures and video are on their Facebook page, and we will post them as well. Yes, guys, this is um, the, the videos are from the community of Maywood, which is old school Olive Branch. Man, I miss that. Sp- uh, oh, pool. I know it, man. Oh, yeah. That cold water. Just, just climbing up to the little fountain spray at all your friends or whoever tried to knock you off so they can become the new king. You had the little yes, uh, yes. pallet. Little king of the hill, king of the exactly. palace kind of thing. Oh you know, man, that child, place was so childhood much fun. memories, man. Absolutely. And they, and they, I'm not going to get there. I'm not going to get angry. Just give give this page a, or give our post a like if you remember Mayhard Swimming Pool because yes. it was absolutely the place to be. It was the place to be. Um, also, guys, we need your help identifying an illegal dumper. Believe it or not, one of my favorite businesses in all of Olive Branch called the Wooden Door which you've never heard of it. It is a retail home furnishing store, okay? They are offering a $500 gift card. You heard wait, me correct. Wait, wait, what? Five zero zero dollars. Now look, you know, that's, that's some cheddar That's significant. Now. That's like, significant. They are upset. Um, they have a person who keeps going behind their building and dumping trash uh, all over the back of the place, you know, uh, cl- filling up their dumpsters, having problems. This costs money. It's a problem. It's illegal. It's, you know, all these things, and they need your help. And so they have posted pictures of this individual on their Facebook page. You know, guys, this, this is a really good local, this is a really good local community store um, that is ran by a wonderful couple, the Laysons. I graduated high school with Michael, and they have ran this store like you want people to run stores. You know, it's a great Christian-based uh, store that really d- caters to its uh, customers, its employees. I know two people who work there. They say it's a dream to work there. They, they get taken care of. So if you want to help out a local store with their issue and possibly get $500 in the process, check out their Facebook page. Go check out their store. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. Well, speaking of dumping, DeSoto County is having a spring cleanup day on Saturday, April the 17th. The Board of Supervisors and Mayors of DeSoto County are encouraging all of their citizens to take part in the county-wide cleanup from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. that Saturday. Registered volunteers will receive a cleanup kit. The kits can be picked up starting Monday, April the 12th, and you will be able to pick it up through Friday, April the 16th at the DeSoto County Administration Building located at 365 Locher Street in Hernando. A spring cleanup kit registration form will be available on our show notes and on our Facebook page. Now, guys, remember, when this happens, there are certain things that you can dump. Good examples are like furniture, mattresses, lumber, carpet, 
bricks, limbs, leaves, metals, plastic toys, fencing, rubbish, things of that nature. There are two key locations that are in the Olive Branch area we wanted to highlight for these days, and that is Lewisburg Primary School, which is at 1707 Craft Road, as well as Fairhaven Fire Department, which is at 13701 Center Hill Road, and that is basically right across the street from Center Hill Elementary. Guys, I want to say a special congratulations to my boss, Principal Doug Payne of Center Hill High School, for winning Administrator of the Year in DeSoto County. Yes, yes. This is a large part to our school bumping up to the number five ranked school in the state this past year and being named a Blue Ribbon School, which is the highest national award you can get for a public or private school. Well, I mean, congratulations to you two because you are a part of it. Congratulations to him. Like, it is amazing how much Center Hill has just grown from when it started to where it is now. I appreciate that, Cash. But I'll, I'll be honest. The real people who make the difference are two categories. And, and I'm okay. not afraid to tell you because I don't feel like I deserve anything. And what I feel like is is that we have the best kids and we have the best teachers in the state. I, and I'll put that to anybody. 100%. I, don't get me wrong. We're a podcast that talks about all of Olive Branch, and we're not biased. But I work with some of the best professionals in the world. You know, this has been a tough year, and they have stepped up to adapt. They have changed their ways. They do what they have to do to make those kids uh, feel welcome, safe, and get an education. And uh, to me, they deserve so much credit. Uh, the kids deserve so much credit for both parties being so resilient, resourceful, and finding a way. We're just such a great school with just such great kids. And I just can't can't repeat that enough, that it is just a blessing to be able to work in such a great place and to see them get some accolades for their hard work. Well, I was about to say, obviously it shows with y'all jumping all the way up to number five. It, it is. And don't get me wrong. And people say leadership is important. And Mr. Payne has done a phenomenal job. And it's well-deserved. And what, I, what I'm hoping hoping for now is is that since he won administrator of the year in the county he is now eligible to be administrator of the year for the state and that has happened before and so i'm wishing him good luck i'm hoping the state recognizes his accomplishments and our school's accomplishments the teachers the students the whole nine yards and hopefully we can bring home even a larger accolade for this and even if not we've already raised awareness and it, hopefully it continues to show up throughout the years no doubt I was fortunate enough to sit down and talk to Senator Blackwell of Olive Branch and discuss a very important bill going through legislation and is currently going through the courts as well, and that is Initiative 65, Medical Marijuana. We discuss the ins and outs of the current situation and the large-scale misinformation going around. I hope everyone is able to enjoy that. That was a great interview you had, Cash. I mean, just to get the senator on the phone, as busy as he is when he's down there in Jackson, and for him to go over all those little details about things that people have kind of saying here and there. You know, I don't ever want to advocate for anyone trying to hurt someone's business or or change a perspective or put information out there to taint something. I'm very happy he stepped up, let us talk to him, record, and really clears the air about yep. something so important. Because it was just how medical marijuana came about was already very difficult to understand oh, with the yeah. initiative 65, it was initiative so 65A. Like you didn't know what you were necessarily voting on and then it gets passed all in one big fell swoop. And then now we have this being tagged on. So people automatically assume it's something bad that the senators are trying to do when it really just became they're trying to make sure Mississippians get exactly what they voted for. Right, And also they're trying to prevent some catastrophe or potential catastrophe that other states have been gone through yes. from this situation. So which 
that is one of the benefits of not necessarily being as progressive as some people want. You get to learn from everyone else's mistakes Absolutely. and automatically put that into bills and laws. There's something to be said not to be the first person to take a step. Yes. You know, uh, so I'll give you that. Guys, and finally, the the rest of this episode is pretty dynamic. We got to sit down with Don Hall, and we get to discuss his candidacy for mayor and what a phenomenal guy he is. Love the way that the guy just flows. You know what I'm saying? Like when you ever talk to somebody who just knows how to talk to you and make you feel good about things. I mean, you want to talk about somebody with charisma. Yes. This guy is exactly Absolutely. It. He walks into a room, and you know he is in there. He lights it up. High energy. Great, great guy oh there's no doubt and uh, i'm gonna tell you this mayor race it's gonna be close i mean to me these are two guys that carry a room and so getting to hear from both of them you know ken adams last week and now hitting don hall this week i mean like i'll tell you what we're in a win-win situation could have said it any better yeah. the way i look at it and guys finally we got we were going to do a, a true crime but we got some a special guest to join us at the last minute and I couldn't be happier to have sat down and got to talk to him and that is deputy Austin Eldridge he is home he is uh, he is recovering. He's going through physical therapy, and we have a fantastic little conversation with him about how things are going and how the community has really stepped up for him and his family. And I hope you really enjoy that conversation. Do you think you're paying too much for insurance or you're tired of not actually getting an agent when you call? I think it might be time to switch to the home team at Farm Bureau Insurance. Josh McIntyre is our local agent and supports our schools, our local businesses, community, and even takes care of all our insurance needs. That's home, life, and auto. Give him a call today, 662-893-5250, or visit him at his office at 6901 Cochram Road, which is Highway 305. How are you doing tonight, Senator Blackwell? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful and having the best day ever. Thank you very much for asking, Senator Blackwell. Well, I don't see too much sense in wasting a lot of our time since I know that you are down in Jackson working very hard on a lot of these bills that you're trying to get passed right now. And I see that you have been getting a lot of flack and harp over the Harper Grace Law. That would be correct. And I know that medical marijuana is a hot-button issue right now, especially with y'all being down there trying to get this amendment passed, because if 65 gets struck down, we need something in place. So I was wondering if you could speak on it a little bit. That way we can put a lot of this misinformation to bed. Sure. There's a tremendous amount of misinformation coming out, particularly in social media. This particular bill is basically an insurance policy. As you may recall, we had an election back in November, and about 61%, or a little over 61% of the people voted for either approval of Initiative 65 or the alternative 65A. Yes. And, then, and then ultimately, uh, almost 58% of the people voted for Initiative 65. Since that time, there have been lawsuits filed. And there's concerns that if this is struck down, if and by this I mean Initiative 65, then there will be no medical marijuana program uh, in the state. We've drafted a bill that only goes into effect, and I can, can't stress this enough, it only goes into effect if the court strikes down 65. That way the people will have, still have a medical cannabis program. If it gets struck down and we don't have this bill in place, 
then there, there will be, not be a program until we get back into session back in January. It, it would it'd basically push it back probably another two years. Oh, wow. So that's good to know that if this doesn't get passed, that we're essentially going to be set back another two years? Well, if it's if for some reason, if the courts strike it down, it would be delayed because we would would come back in the session in January, do a bill. Bills don't become law to generally until July of that year. And then you're going to have to give the program or, and the department's time to get up and running. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to push it down the road. All we were trying to do is, is to follow the will of the people who wanted to uh, have medical cannabis available. One of the other things our bill does over 65 is it also adds additional diagnoses over what the 65 provided and then as well as 65 only a physician can I don't want to say prescribe because it's uh, to, to write a certificate for medical cannabis under my bill anyone who has uh, prescriptive authority currently to prescribe drugs to humans can has that ability or will have that ability to write a certificate for medical cannabis so it actually opens it up to a lot of other providers is there a way that Initiative 65 and what you're trying to pass right now can work in tandem, or is it kind of a one or the other situation? No, it'll be one or the other, uh, and right now it's 65. And the only way, like I said, again, the only way this bill would come into effect is if, for some reason, the courts strike down Initiative 65, then our bill would, would, be, it would trigger our bill going into effect. If the courts uphold 65, then this bill dies, it goes away. Okay, that is a lot of good information that I feel clears up exactly what y'all are trying to do, and I cannot thank you enough for that. Now, do we have any idea of what the tax implication is going to be for Initiative 65? No, that's, that's another point. Because we are here in the legislature, we have deadlines in which we need to uh, submit bills. And so basically, if I'm going to put any rules or regs or if there's going to be any taxes, we need to put that in up front. The Department of Health in 65, they've still got a few more months before they come out with their regulations. I would be shocked if there's no fees or if there's no tax. There are going to be regulations. There's going to be rules. We just don't know what those are yet because we haven't heard from the Department of Health. Under the bill that I proposed, uh, we went ahead and put some, some rules and regulations in uh, as well as uh, a a fee structure and uh, the tax structure. And then the, the bill that we have from the Senate, the revenue that is derived from that, those taxes, uh, the first 25% would go toward uh, early learning collaboratives. And the second 25% would go to uh, dual enrollment programs for juniors and seniors in high school so that they can take classes uh, at a junior college and possibly graduate high school with both a diploma and a AA degree. And then the remaining funds will go to last dollar scholarships, uh, similar to the HOPE Act up in Tennessee. Well, it sounds like y'all had a good idea about what to do with the tax dollars. And it's nice to see that a lot of it is going to be going to education. And it's especially nice to know, since we don't know exactly how Initiative 65 is going to set up all of their taxes. And if we are going to go ahead and invite medical marijuana to be in the state of Mississippi, we might as well utilize it the best way that we possibly can, which is towards education. I would agree with you.
Are either one of these going to lead us towards recreational? Well, at the present time, 65 will be more uh, akin, akin to, to recreational based upon the way it's, it's currently written. We'll okay. still have to see what the rules are going to be from public health. Oklahoma did their medical marijuana initiative through a referendum process, and they've got over 6,000 growers and over 2,000 dispensaries. And from what I understand, it's basically like the, the Wild West. It's, it's everywhere. I've had people contact me thinking they're going to be able to grow marijuana in their backyard, sell it in the front yard like a lemonade stand, call it medical marijuana. And that's, that's not going to be the case, I don't believe. <laughs> that is certainly a thought to see a couple people take their gardening practices that they got over COVID and to start a medical marijuana business in the backyard and start selling it in the front. And hopefully that isn't going to be the case and it's something a little bit more regulated. No, the, the, the department, this is medical marijuana. So you, yeah. you can't be spraying insecticides on it or pesticides. People that have medical marijuana, uh, most of these states, it's grown indoors hydroponically. There's a lot of tracking of, of the product from uh, seed to sale. And we had that language in uh, the Senate bill as well. You're really just going to have to wait and see what the rules and regulations the Department of Health comes up with. Well, that is certainly nice to know that we are going to be taken care of on the medical front no matter what. As you stated earlier, Initiative 65 hasn't said anything about how they're going to tax it. Now, you've said where the tax money is going to come from, but do we know how much we're going to be taxed with it on the medical front with the Senate bill you're trying to pass? which, again, only goes into effect if Initiative 65, for some reason, is struck down in the courts. Yeah, the tax we proposed was 7%, so it's the regular sales tax that we have. Oh, wow, and then no cannabis tax on top of it? No, it's just a, the regular sales tax. Yeah, there's some states that I think Alaska has uh, has a very high tax. Or there's a number of states that have extremely high tax rates on it. That is truly amazing to hear because it's going to make it at least affordable for those that are going to need those medical certificates. And I think even at just 7%, we are going to be able to bring in a lot of needed revenue. That, that's correct. Well, I don't think that we have anything else, and you've done a really good job clearing everything up. Is there anything you want to touch on before we head out? No, I think we pretty much touched on everything. I, I appreciate you contacting me and uh, certainly available if you have any other questions. Well, Senator Blackwell, I want to thank you again for your time and clearing up a lot of this information. And I think it is important to remind everyone that, again, this bill will not go into effect unless 65 is struck down into the courts. And with all of that being said, Senator Blackwell, I want to wish you a good night and thank you for coming on. All right. Thank you, Cash. Appreciate you. Are you tired of an unimpressive lawn or need some help from a local professional to get your yard the way you want it? Look no further than Master Lawn for your weed control and fertilizing needs. Master Lawn has been serving the Olive Branch community and surrounding areas for over 25 years and is ready to add you to their long list of satisfied customers. Contact them today for a free quote through their website, www.masterlawninc.com or call 901-250-0873.
Ladies and gentlemen, I'm pretty excited today. We have a special guest, Don Hall. This is the mayoral candidate for Olive Branch City. Don, how are we doing today? Doing great, uh, Zach. Thank you for having me. Very excited to be joining the OB podcast. Thank you for creating this platform. I, I think it's great for our community. I think it's a great way for us to have a, a space where we can be transparent and get the information out to our citizens, which I think is truly, truly, truly important. So again, thank you for having me on. Very happy to be here, Zach. Hey, I really appreciate that. that. That means a lot. That's kind of the purpose of this podcast. Cash and I got together, and like, like we said in other episodes, we really want it to be something where the people actually can get local news and try to do something that's positive. And so we're pretty excited that you're going to be running for mayor. But like any candidate, I think uh, the people really want to meet the person, not the politician. And so tell us about you. You know, what, what do people need to know about Don Hall? Zach, I'm very, very simple in this regard. It's three things in life I love. God, I'm a Christian. Because of this, I carry myself with integrity, character, and values. And these are some of the things that will lead me if I'm honored to be elected as mayor. And those are things that are going to guide me on a daily basis. Uh, number two, I love my family. So I've been with my wife for 20 years. Uh, we have five sons. I jokingly say from time to time that it feels like sometimes we live in a fraternity house with five boys. Wow. So we have five sons. <laughs> uh, our oldest graduated from the Soto Central High School. He's playing college football. My younger four sons currently attend the Soto County Schools. I have my, my second son, he's in sixth grade. He attends uh, the Soto Central Middle School. And I have a fourth grader, third grader, and kindergartner who attend Pleasant Hill Elementary School. And so, of course, love family. I, I love Olive Branch. It has a very much a community feel. And, and part of the reason I'm running is because I want to make sure that we continue to make Olive Branch a, a good community for all of our children and, of course, our grandchildren. The third thing about me is uh, I love community. I've always served our community. Uh, I've been a coach in the community for right around. lot. 15-year coaching boys and girls. I coach soccer, track, basketball. I, I really, really enjoy that. So I spend a lot of time, spend a lot of time on ball fields and at practices and, and coaching and mentoring kids. Also, I serve in the community currently as a city planning commissioner. Uh, I've been a city planning commissioner for over five years. Uh, it's, it's something that I really love doing, helping shape uh, the growth of Olive Branch. I think that we have to continue to grow responsibly, and I'm proud to say that I play a part in making sure that our, our city does that. I'm a local small business owner, so I own a construction company, Kingdom Home Builders, LLC, company that employs local folks right here in our community, and also it focuses on custom-built affordable homes right here in DeSoto County. So that's me. I love God, I love my family, and I, I love my community. That's awesome. And it may be a little bit taboo, but hey, it's nice to see some fellow Jaguars out there, as that was where I graduated from <laughs> high school from. It sounds like you're doing a lot, and you've kind of already been in the community this entire time, being a coach, running your own local business. Is that some of the motivation you had to start running for mayor here in Olive Branch? I moved to Soto County right around 15, 16 years ago. As soon as I got in the county, I became active, first active at a local level in my church. Then I had benefit of graduating from leadership to Soto. Uh, I had the benefit to serve in chamber roles as chamber ambassadors. With that, getting to know small business owners and really seeing how city and county works at every level. And then also currently being a city planning commissioner, which I've been, again, serving for about five years. And so I think when you have the goal to be married, you know, you put the work in early. And, and I think it starts with service, making sure that you're serving the community, 
making sure that you're getting to know neighbors and friends, finding out what's important to them. Also, taking responsibility to make sure that the city that we love and the county that we love continues to grow the right way. And so it's a passion that started early, and it's something that I've been preparing myself for a long time. Don, why don't you go ahead and tell us, what are your priorities when it comes to mayor? Well, number one, and I mentioned I'm a small business owner, but also I'm currently an executive at a bank. I'm a regional vice president where I oversee Tennessee, North Mississippi, and Arkansas. Being a banker, probably one of my strengths is just fiscal responsibility, fiscal accountability. I will make sure that I manage our citizens' money. You know, it's the taxpayers' money that I'll be overseeing, and I have a strong track record of fiscal accountability and making sure that we are managing customer funds correctly. And that particular leadership available would really transfer over to my mayor's role. In addition to that, my next priority would be making sure that we keep the city safe. Part of how we would keep the city safe is making sure that we recruit and retain well-trained police officers and firefighters, making sure that we continue to offer them competitive salaries and a career ladder where once our police officers start with us, they see a career where they can continue to be with the city of Olive Branch until they retire. The next thing would be economic growth and development. Being a banker, being a small business owner, I think it's key that we continue to make our city a small business-friendly city. I think we do that about removing red tape and restrictions to keep our city small business-friendly and also making sure that we partner with the Chamber of Commerce to offer resources and technical assistance to our small business owners. As you know, uh, with the pandemic, a lot of our small business owners are hurting right now. And so we need to make sure that as a, as a city that we're doing everything we can to support them. I'm doing it every day. Being a banker, I'm helping small business owners right here in DeSoto County and Olive Branch with payroll protection loans to keep their business afloat and to keep their doors open. Having an emphasis on attracting large corporations to Olive Branch with good-paying jobs. And, and not only attracting large corporations with good-paying jobs, but making sure those corporations are hiring our citizens for those good-paying jobs as well. Uh, the third thing, infrastructure. And so making sure that we have a strong infrastructure in place. Cash and Zach, if y'all been down the road, at a particular time, you're probably putting your hair out because it takes you 10 to 15 minutes to go less than a quarter of a mile. Oh, man, that stretch from Kroger to that Starbucks is one of the most brutal things in the world. You're preaching, brother. You're preaching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we know the Isle Branch, uh, we're going to continue to grow, and we need to make sure that we're growing responsibly. Part of, part of our infrastructure system is making sure that we sit down and plan out what the next 10, 15, 20 years look like so that we can continue to support the growth uh, of Isle Branch. Finally, parks and recreation. Uh, I told you all I'm a little league football coach, so parks and recreations are very, very near and dear to my heart. And so making sure that we continue to pour resources in our parks and recreation uh, division to make sure that our uh, youngest citizens have youth programs and sports programs that really highlight building character, responsibility, and also learning about teamwork at an early age. I think that's critical. I think that we can play a part and making sure that we produce uh, productive young men and women to be good citizens in Olive Branch, and we can do that right through our parks and recreation system. Uh, in addition to adding biking and hiking trails, we have a, a great city. I want to continue to showcase our beauty by adding those hiking and biking trails to our city. So just, just at a high level, those are some of my top priorities. You know, together, working with our citizens, I think that we can, we can make Olive Branch a better place. 
Sounds great. Thank you. You've mentioned several things that are going to be great conversation pieces, great things that build your resume to any voter. And I think that you have portrayed yourself and your values and what you're looking for uh, in a manner that makes anyone feel good about what you have communicated to us today. Well, and just super important to the citizens, because like you said, supporting local is one of the biggest things that we care about. I love hearing that you want to get some more bike trails out here because that's something that we're sorely lacking. And then more fields for people to stay active and healthy and build a community that they might not necessarily do otherwise because these parks are super important for just people of all ages to go out, meet one another, and have a good time while being safe. Don, I think that you have hit about every nail on the head when it comes to what I think people in this community think of when it comes to a person who serves and learns from that to become a leader. I think that gives you a great edge when it comes to that campaign, when it comes to running for mayor or any elected official. What would you say to someone who asks you uh, when it comes to annexation and what your opinion is on that? Because I think that's important for a lot of folks right now. Uh, first, with annexation, I want to answer the question from the lens of a, if I was had the, the opportunity to be elected as mayor. And with that being said, of course, we do know annexation is a very sensitive topic. We know it's sensitive because it really affects people's back pocket. And so we know that, and, and right now, of course, this inquiry and it's going through some legal proceedings. I think we can assume City of Olive Branch requested to annex about 50 square miles. That's uh, right. It will affect about 14,000 residents. I think we can expect, I don't know if it'll be that entire amount. It may be a little bit that. it may be less than that amount. But we do know that it's going to be some people affected. And I just think that as a leader and, you know, first we have to lead with empathy, knowing that, you know, some people that will be truly affected from a financial standpoint. And so as a leader, one of the things that I would initially do is make sure that I'm having town halls right there in that community to listen to their concerns, to listen to how we can make that community better. I know immediately what we will need to do is make sure that their services are brought up to Olive Branch standards as quickly as possible. When I talk about services, I'm, I'm referring to infrastructure, uh, sewer, water, police and fire. And so really making sure that they understand that even though their bill may be going up, they definitely will see an immediate return on that investment that they're making um, to our city. And I, I think it starts there, being uh, transparent as possible, sharing information. I think meeting spaces like this will help out where we can you know, truly listen to the concerns of those citizens and, and look at ways that we can address it and, again, lead with empathy. I do know that there are some pros and cons uh, to both, so I, and I want to talk to both. So, you know, a couple pros is that I, I believe that with the annexation, the services that Olive Branch can offer, particularly police and fire, can help the city become uh, safe. I, and I don't think crime is an issue in that area now, but I think that having 24-7 police and fire can add to the area of becoming safer. I think right now our fire department, the men and women of our fire department, they respond to fires between four to six minutes. And I, and I take my hat off to them. They have a lot of courage and have a great deal of respect for first responders. And so I think that that will add immediate value to that community. Um, four to six minutes is a very good response time. And it can, it can impact saving lives. And so I think that that's an immediate value add to that community. In addition to our police officers being uh, able to potentially have a station there. And that's, you know, that's what's being discussed. We don't know that exactly, but... You know, we definitely potentially have a station in that area along with added police officers to continue to keep that 
area as safe as possible. Some of the some of the concerns I have is, of course, potentially some of the long-term impacts from a tax standpoint. Of course, with adding those services, those services do cost, and so I'm currently researching, you know, how that how those costs will affect the citizens of Olive Branch. Currently, Olive Branch boasts the lowest property taxes in DeSoto County, and, and my goal as mayor was to be ensured that those property taxes remain the lowest in the county. And so, again, I'm researching now how the long-term effects of the annexation because, again, uh, it, there will be a cost associated with it. And I want to make sure that we're being fiscally responsible of taxpayer dollars to keep cost downs to keep our property taxes as low as possible and continue to be the lowest possible in uh, the county of DeSoto. No, I mean, and it's awesome that you're laying out all of these facts that are going to happen if annexation happens in parts of these things. Because like you said, they're asking for 50. They might not get 50 in the city of Olive Branch. And those immediate services are what's going to cause a little bit of a price hike. You said people's back pockets. So I like that you were hammering on those kinds of things. And being part of the city planning commission, you know a little bit more about that. Another thing that you were talking about was transparency, which is one of the reasons we started this podcast and we're talking about it at the beginning. And it sounds like you already had a couple of plans in place to be a little bit more transparent, especially with some alderman meetings. So with already being a part of the Chamber of Commerce and seeing some of that, how are you going to harp on transparency a little bit more, I guess is what I'm asking. Well, you know, I I think transparency is key. I think that it's important for our citizens to know who our board of aldermen are. I think it's important for our citizens to know who our mayor is. And so my goal is making sure that, you know, I'm in the community, I'm listening, uh, doing town halls. I have some creative ideas around seeing how we can make board of aldermen more appealing to the community. I know it's deep in tradition with us meeting on the first and third Tuesday of the month, but I, I I would love to consider looking at some times where we can maybe have it where we can have more citizens engagement. So maybe even looking at pivoting sometimes that'll be more convenient for our community, at least through some of our meetings. And again, I know it's steeped in tradition, but those are some of the things that I would look at to make sure that we have more engagement. In addition to that, I would invite the media into our meetings. My goal is to make sure that our meetings are uh, live streamed uh, so that everyone can tune in. I think that makes it more convenient for our citizen Olive Branch. I think that can increase viewership and increase engagement with people being able to pull up the Facebook page and see what's going on with the Board, board of Aldermen. I think also as we have uh, citizens join this page, making sure that the agenda is sent out in a timely manner so our citizens, if they have items that affect them, they'll be able to look at the agenda and join via live stream. Also, potentially be able to have a format where our citizens can ask questions or address concerns via live stream as well. And after the meeting, having a, a post-game, uh, and I say game, but a post-meeting, sit down and conversation around topics that our citizens particularly want to dig into. And maybe using this platform to do that, I think that that would be a great idea. Again, I think the more transparency, the more engagement, the better. And, and I believe, my vision for Olive Branch at the end of the day is for all of us to work together to make the community we love a better place. That inquires engagement, that inquires feedback from our citizens. And so I think the more transparency, the better. Don, I couldn't agree with you more. And I'm happy you mentioned those things because that is something we've actually talked about several times. We've been fortunate enough to have interviews with already existing aldermen 
as well as candidates for aldermen. And they all seem to agree with you that transparency is huge, especially the idea of having a post game. You know, <laughs> me and Cash are former football guys. You know, I used to coach for years. And, and so when you say post game, that's, that's right in our alley. I mean, my ar- arm hairs are standing up and everything, and your coach is showing a little bit, all that leadership coming out, and I'm right there with you. I think that's something that's important. So far, every single candidate that we have spoken to, incumbent or not, we have talked about how we want to report here at the OB pod, you know, what's going on at the local alderman, as well as we'd love to have live stream as a way to be that transparent voice as you know, so that everyone can hear it through audio, through video, in person engagement, however you want to look at it, as well as not only just us reporting it, but also a couple of some of the aldermen have said that they wouldn't mind getting on the show with us to discuss what's going on and what happened in a meeting because I think another thing, another element that's very, very important is relatability to your community. Mm-hmm. And so it's one thing to have a post-game show where a media just puts a mic in front of you and you put a comment out there. It's another to be able to engage with the local citizens, such as Cash and I, and where we can actually stress what we feel like and what we think is a voice of the community and get your feedback on it again as an individual, as a part of the community as well, not just the mayor, not just the alderman. And I think that right there is what speaks to relatability and would make a great platform. And I hope you would agree. Hey, thank you, Zach. Thank you, Cash. Anytime you guys invite me, hey, I'm, I'm more than happy to join. So thank you all for inviting me on. Thank you all also for what y'all are doing. What y'all are doing is a, a community service as well, having a platform where candidates like myself and other candidates can come on, talk about their ideas, and also um, have a base where citizens and community leaders can engage. So, again, thank you all for the work that y'all are doing. We appreciate it. That means a lot because the more we grow and the more all the branch grows, the better I think everyone is for it. Absolutely. I totally agree. But we wish you a good night, Don, and thank you so much. Old Town Fitness aims to help people of all ages and fitness levels feel strong and confident as they go about their daily lives. Our dedicated coaches will walk you through our functional fitness classes and modify any movements to your current fitness level. We're located at 9045 Highway 178 in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Our grand opening will be March 8th with classes starting at 6 a.m. Hey, everybody. I'm pretty excited. I've got a special guest today. That would be Deputy Austin Eldridge. Deputy, how are we doing today? Man, I'm doing well, brother. Appreciate you having me. Man, uh, I got to tell you that uh, we, we have been talking about you the last few episodes on the podcast, and uh, we have received numerous emails, numerous social media posts, numerous communications for people reaching out, uh, wanting to support you, and because this whole situation has affected not only you personally, your family, but I think it's affected the community, and um, I think a lot of people really want to express how much they appreciate uh, what you do and what you've done, and I think the best thing we could do here is just kind of, if you you could catch people up of you know what's what life's been like and what's going on and anything you can tell us well man uh it's it's been rough man to be honest with you it's uh it's been it's been nice being home there's been a lot of a lot of adjustments to make there there's been a lot of pain and discomfort to deal with but uh but getting to go to rehab is really helping that it's tough sometimes you get tired of hurting every night and, and just stuff bothering you and having trouble sleep because of the pain and everything but uh Man, I'm just thankful to be alive. Uh, first and foremost, you know, blessed to blessed to be here. Lord really looked out for me. And but as far as how life's going, man, it's been um, 
just kind of a taking a day-to-day thing. I do rehab three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday right now, and uh, just they're kicking my butt up there. But, uh, <laughs> but that's, that's a good thing, man. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy getting to work, uh, putting the work in on my on my leg and and uh, or both my legs, and um, trying to trying to get healthier and get better and get stronger. And uh, man, I, it's it's just kind of a daily battle. You know, there's usually something new every day to kind of focus on. But you know, I've got a lot of support around me to help me get through it. So it's it's not really that bad. Well, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. For listeners that don't know, um, Deputy Austin Eldridge was injured in the line of duty, um, helping a motorist that had uh, a broken down a, a flat tire on I-69 uh, interstate, and uh, a drunk driver struck him in the assistance of helping that person. Austin, I know there's more to the story, but you know that's kind of the gist of it. But is there anything else you want to add to that when it comes to what happened that day, that night? Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, I mean, I, you know, like you said, I, I was struck by a drunk driver. Uh, the, you know, it, uh, in the end, it took my left leg. It severely injured my right leg, but praise the Lord, they were able to save that one, uh, working to get it stronger. But, uh, you know, the biggest thing I would love to mention is my my, uh, my sergeant, Sergeant Jonathan Hendricks, man. He came, he was there. Uh, the Lord put him there right on time, and uh, he uh, administered tourniquets to me uh, that, that saved my life, legitimately saved my life. And, uh, man, I don't know. I, I would not be here without him. And he would hate to know that I mentioned him. Uh, he, you know, he's not that kind of person. He's very humble. He's very uh, quiet and just does his job. But, man, I, I will never have the words to um, to be able to tell him thank you to repay him. Uh, so, man, Sergeant Hendricks, is, um, he's one heck of a guy. And, uh, man, I, I literally wouldn't be here without him. I really appreciate you telling that because I had heard from Tish and uh, a few other people that were close to you. Uh, we have an SRO at our school who is a phenomenal guy, and he was kind of giving us updates at the school because we were very concerned. And he mentioned that uh, Sergeant Hendricks had, uh, was there and provided support for you that made the difference. And so I think speaking for me and Cash and all the listeners that are that, you know, it's a special thanks to Sergeant Hendricks. And, uh, you know, uh, he's, a, he's a hero just as you are. And I really, really appreciate hearing that. I, I think that um, a lot of people look at the situation of someone doing what any good Samaritan would do um, and to have a tragic accident happen. You know, it, it, it's it's you wonder why, you know, you know, I can imagine the feelings come into play of, you know, why this happened to me or, you know, what is this? And, you know, and a lot of people have that whole idea of. Uh, as I do, is that, you know, God has a plan and, and there's a reason for everything. And I, I know sometimes that's that's difficult to swallow, but based on the conversations I've had with you and how we're talking now, you know, you, you can definitely see that it's a situation where we can all learn from it. We can all grow from it. And, you know, and I think your attitude and your, your positive outlook is, is fantastic and it is even more of an inspiration to people who listen. How is the family uh, adjusting and how are things with the community? Uh, talk about things in that aspect. Family's doing well we've actually had a lot of help from them a lot of support from them and my, my family and my in-laws there they've been here for us a lot when we've, we've had doctor's appointments and we've had other things having to be done at the house and they're here to help us out and you know it's been it's, it's the toughest just been as on my wife you know she's pregnant we're expecting our first child um, congratulations by the way congratulations do we do we thank know you. if it's a boy or a girl or are you allowed to it, tell it's a, it's a boy we found out yesterday so uh, hey it's, man that's awesome awesome so, uh, i'm excited i wanted a boy um i was gonna be excited either way but i was predicting boy the whole time so i got it right um <laughs> so <laughs> but uh but man it's just been tough on her you know it's been a lot um it's it's kind of a uh, you know it kind of sucks for me uh being laid up and not being able to do much and then you see her trying to 
trying to get things done and 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 yet i'm still kind of stuck here not able to do much but uh so i'm very thankful for the family and friends we've got that can kind of help us out and so, man, i don't know where we'd be without them and you know the way the community's rallied around us has been absolutely amazing so uh we're we're very blessed for sure yeah, you mentioned community, and um, I know for a fact that the South Haven area group, uh, especially I think the the 10th inning and um, several other local businesses in South Haven, uh, I know they raised you know, I think around twenty five thousand dollars to benefit you guys here. You know, we're an Olive Branch podcast. Uh, several businesses over here in Olive Branch, especially Old Town area, and raised fins and feathers. They all got together and did some things to try to help raise funds and to help you uh, in the situation. So to me, you know, you you put all that in effect with a along with what Hernando's doing currently, I mean, that's three major cities of the, of the four of DeSoto County stepping up for a deputy for the DeSoto County Sheriff. You know, uh, I, that, to me, that is, that is Mississippi. That is small town. That is, that is a Christian loving community that cares for people who are in need uh, or, or just want to help. And um, yeah. I, I, I applaud everyone in our cities to, that have stepped forward and I hope they continue to do so because Things like this happen, and you know, us stepping up is a great example. And I'm happy that it's showing yeah. on your end. Absolutely, man. I mean, it's just, you know, I was literally when I was still in the hospital, and you know, kind of was first able to use, uh, you know, get on Facebook and see all the things that were going on. Man, it, it literally, I literally broke down in tears. It's just, you know, I was just trying to do my job, and you look at that, and you're like, man, I don't feel like I deserve that. You know, I'm just here trying to trying to do my job but you know just to see the way that they've rallied around us has been just absolutely phenomenal i will never have enough words to say thank you to the community to the people that were there for us um to the fund for the people that did the fundraisers i mean there's just there's nothing i could say or do to make that up to them and to tell them how much or how thankful i am uh, and that we both are um so we we are extremely uh thankful and grateful for the way people have been there for us for sure Awesome. Awesome. Well, let me ask, uh, you know, uh, Sheriff Rasco is a fixture of this county and I guess you could say your boss and everything, you know, uh, how has the sheriff's department and, uh, Sheriff Rasco, uh, responded to this? I'm telling you, I, I work for this department. I'm not, I, I may be a little biased, but there is not a better boss in my opinion that I could ever work for than Sheriff Rasco. He is phenomenal. Uh, the, the way that he has been there, the whole department has been there, the way they've treated us, uh, the way they've treated me in general as an employee, uh, just having my back, uh, you know, supporting me, having a deputy at the hospital with me every single day and night while I was there the whole time. Um, just get still, you know, making sure I know that I've got a job still when I get better. Just uh, the sheriff coming over here and checking, coming to the hospital and checking uh, when he was able to because of the, the COVID restrictions and um, just helping get things done around the house. Uh, you know, Chief Smith, the same thing helping get things done around the house, helping us with the fundraisers and, and keeping things organized and, and his wife, Jessica. And I mean, it's, the list goes on and on. Miss Tish Clark, uh, the, the, uh, absolute just energizer bunny, man. I mean, you, she's uh, an angel, she, isn't she? <laughs> she is something else, man. I yes. tell you what, I don't know where we'd be without her. Uh, she is one of my favorite people. Uh, she's been there for me and my wife, uh, my wife wouldn't know what to do without her. I mean, just, I'm telling you, man, I, you know, I can't, there's not a better place to work for, in my opinion, as far as law enforcement is concerned. Uh, and for me to have had this accident, I could not have been in a better department. The way that they have been there for us has been amazing. Sheriff Rasco is uh, the best sheriff ever. Uh, I wish he would run again. If I could make him, I would. <laughs> I think he's finally going to hang it up. But, but you know, man, I'll tell you what, I, I love Sheriff Rasco uh, and Chief Smith and this whole department, man. They're all 
I mean, you talk about good people. They are good people. That's awesome. And, you know, I, I expected nothing less. Uh, Sheriff Frasco has been nothing but a, a positive and a reinforcing figure for our county ever since he became elected. Uh, I've been in this county a long, long time. And it's just uh, if he does to really truly decide to retire, it will be a, an end of an era in my mind. So uh, to hear you uh, confirm that and for me hearing that from so many other officers and families and everything that's been affected by the department, you know, it just it sends chills on my back to know that, you know, it's so true. So at this point, uh, if someone wanted to reach out or, uh, you know, offer a hand or if there was a way to donate, is there anything you can communicate on that to as a, a, a guidance or a place to, for a person to reach out to? Yeah, I mean, number one, uh, as far as that's concerned, that would, you know, Miss Tish uh, that I was just talking about is handling a lot of that. That would be something they could call the Sheriff's Department and get a hold of her. If they did want to just make a donation, Miss Tish is asking me about a Venmo. Um, I do, we do have a Venmo account for specifically for donations. Uh, if somebody wanted to make one, and man, I, you know, I feel weird even giving this thing out. Because, you know, <laughs> well, I, I, I tell you know what, we'll do is that when uh, we get off air, we'll we'll add a link to that on our show notes. So that way, if somebody feels compelled or wants to make a way to make a donation to help you and your family through this, then uh, that's on them, and uh, we strongly encourage that here. Well, uh, man, I appreciate that, and and the uh, the Venmo name or whatever you would call that is just at the Austin Eldridge four zero three one. But uh, man, that's that is just what we have simply for donations. If anybody wants to use that, they can. And again, Miss Tish will have that information as well. Uh, so yeah, if anybody wants to reach out on anything, obviously we're not giving out personal numbers just for privacy reasons. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, if if you if somebody wants to reach out and help or anything like that, you know. If they, then Miss Tish is the one you could just get a hold of the sheriff's department, and, and Miss Tish would be more than happy to uh, to organize that for sure. I got you. You know, I, I want to conclude and say this, Austin, is that you know I, I believe the community is for you, uh, OB Podcast is for you, and uh, the sheriffs are for you, and I think that's not going to end. I think people understand this is a tragic situation, but your positive attitude and mindset towards it is infectious, uh, and uh, we look forward to seeing you walking again, and uh, you know being a part of the sheriff's department, and we w- truly, truly wish you well, and hope you would reach out to us if there's something we can do or promote or help. Help do anything we can. And so, again, everybody, um, we feel check the show notes. We'll have that Venmo numbers if you want to help donate to his family um, through this kind of a difficult time, and but a rebuilding time, as well as, uh, you know, anything else that you might be able to assist with, make sure you communicate with us. And that is at dobpodcast at gmail.com. And we'll gladly uh, give that communication to Austin. And we hope to maybe check in with you again uh, in a short period of time to see how things are going. If you'd be okay with that. Man, I really appreciate you guys and the support uh, that, that you guys are giving um, and that Olive Branch is giving, man. It's, it's awesome. So you guys are the best. Thanks again, Austin. We'll talk to you again soon. All right, Zach. Thanks, man. Are you looking to buy or sell your home or property in Olive Branch area? I would like to recommend Carla Wilson of Capstone Realty Services. Carla is a straight shooter that is honest and resourceful in the current and ever-changing market. No one wants to feel like they're a number or that they're being squeezed for a higher commission or quick sale. Carla will show you you are valued and will never pressure you or even guide you in the wrong direction. Reach out to Carla at 901-827-3288 or you can also email her at carlawilson.re at gmail.com. 
Tonight, we are bringing in sports, which is brought to you by right. our new sponsor, Capital Sports Mississippi, also known as Complete Dumpster Fire. You are correct, Cash. This is the absolute largest dumpster fire <laughs> I have seen in a long, long time. Now, to explain this, okay, I'm going to give you a little background. Number one, Capital Sports Mississippi is the one who published where the basketball teams of the state who became first team, second team, third team, and honorable mention for their awards for the year. Let's go ahead and talk about the schools we have in our area. That is Center Hill, Olive Branch, and Lewisburg. Unfortunately, Lewisburg didn't go very far in basketball, either no. boys or girls. That's okay. You know, people up and down sports. But Center Hill and Olive Branch are basically meccas of basketball. Yes. Well, in Olive Branch, women's especially yeah. is shaping up to be like UConn. Like, I mean, we, we are doing some big time things Pretty here. much a dominant program. Yeah. I mean, the coach is only on his ninth or tenth state championship. Just, just, yeah. a, just a few and third in a row. He's running out of fingers for rings. No big problem. Yeah, you know, he's gonna have a necklace and everything. Uh, yeah, no <laughs> chain, just rings <laughs> welded together. No big deal. No, it's small things. Small yeah. things. Anyway, what we're getting at here is this. Okay, so background is is that Center Hill and Olive Branch both had some names in one of the categories, were either first, second, third, or honorable mention. Well, not even first. Just second, third, and honorable mention. Yes, and that's the sore spot here is because last two years, Caden Laws for Center Hill has been a first-team All-State player, and this was his senior year. I was about to say, as a sophomore and junior. As a sophomore and junior. Okay. Game-winning shot to win State two years ago, went to State Championship last year, has only improved, and was reduced to second-team All-State hmm. this year, um, which is a head-scratcher. But here's even more so. The number one player in District 1 5A, meaning he won the MVP award, okay, was Zandon Harrelson. He averaged 20.8 points per game. 5.6 rebounds, 2.7 assists, 2.1 steals, and even a block every game. Man, that's supposed to do everything right there. Basically. And he was given an honorable mention. How is the, the number one person listed in honorable mention? Here's the thing. Not only number one in 5A district, he was the number one in the county. Better than any player, including all four or five 6A schools that were in the county. And hey. he was given honorable, honorable mention. mention. It's I, a travesty. I, um, it is just fuel on the dumpster fire. <laughs> oh, and here's the thing. That's not near as bad what happened to the girls' side. Tell them about what happened to OB. So, you would think, after everything that we just said, talking about them, coach, rings everywhere, winning rings, and having the number one female player, Rayma Piggies, they'd be first teams everywhere, second teams everywhere. They only lost one, one game, game all season, and I do believe there were some COVID issues during this time that contributed to that. We're talking about basically the number one girls team in the state, bar none. Yeah. Now, typically, when you have MVPs and any kinds of awards, if you're the number one team, you at least have people on first team. No. Always. Not, oh. not, not always. Oh, you're yeah. supposed to. You're supposed to. And especially when you have the number one player who is only a junior and is wrecking havoc on everybody. I'm at, I'm a loss for words here. Yeah. She made second team. Now, I pity... Every team she plays next year, as she is going to rain fire on the entire oh. Oh, district, no. county, everybody. She already blazed the trail this, through the playoffs this, this year. This is Daenerys right here 
going into Game of Thrones style basketball <laughs> next season. This is going to be ugly. This is going to be Michael Jordan bulletin material. So bravo. Thank you, Capital Sports, for giving her this fuel. Not yeah. that she needed it anymore. I pity anyone going to be going to play Olive Branch. But so, we also want to give a huge congratulations to Addison Howell of Olive Branch, who was third team. And then we had the rest of the starting roster make honorable mention. Are you kidding me, man? Yeah. Like, not third team. Not where they should be. Not second team. Not where they should be. Not it's, first it, it's team. Almost, where they should it, be. It's almost insultory. To have the team that won state not have anyone on first team. Like, to not have them moved up. This like honorable mention stuff is almost like it makes it feel like it's consolation. Is you know what I'm saying? That's what it makes it feel like. And, that, and that's not fair to these girls. No. But I don't want to diminish. They were mentioned. They did get the award. What were their names? We have Amaya Black, guard. Bernia Eason, wing. And Trinity Pless, another wing. So congratulations to all of the women for making... What should have been a lot higher, but at least honorable mention. Yes, and not to take anything away, this stinks, especially when those are two seniors. Yes. You know what I mean? But the bottom line is is that you're going to have a ring on your finger, and that's going to look a whole lot better than somebody at a dumpster fire, <laughs> capital whatever, telling you that, that their opinion of you. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm done with this. It's let's, atrocious. Let's we will on. have a link on our Facebook page and in our notes, so you can go ahead and email them to see – how far north they traveled to get all of their rankings and to actually sit down and watch games. Yeah, because if you look who actually did win first team, it looks so biased. I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to leave it at that. You, well, We're going to give you the link. I hope you email them and let them know this is a travesty and shame on you. But all right, let's get away from all this negativity. Zach, I think you got a little bit of positive for us, Yes, right? yes, yes. As always, guys, there's a company here in Olive Branch that helps people if they are in a situation where they need to get rid of a house or looking to buy a house or looking into the rental market, need help with property management, all these kind of things. I highly encourage you to check out Spence and Abby Rodman and their company, which is Rodman Properties. Now, their webpage is ibydesoto.com. I'm telling you now, go there if you are in the rental market, want to sell a house quick without having to fool with a realtor, maybe it's got some repairs that need to be done, whatever the issue is, and you just, you just want it off your hands, they are the people to talk to. They are very nice people. They're going to handle professionally. They're going to get to you, give you fair offers, and take care of you. I strongly suggest ibuydesoto.com. You're able to interview head coach Jason Russell of Olive Branch two weeks ago. If you haven't heard that episode, I highly encourage everyone to go listen to it. It was well done, and I am excited for what Olive Branch football is going to be doing. No doubt. And something that will help make them better, believe it or not, is a fundraiser they are doing right now selling cookie dough. Yes, guys. Look, if you're in the Olive Branch area and you want to help support the school right now, bottom line is, is good athletic programs require money. There's no way around There's it. There's no it way around it. Is, it's reality. And look, wherever your kids go to school, you know what fundraisers are about, mm -hmm. okay? Because every school does them. And, and so we have told these sports programs that if we can put the information out there so that we can help the kids. Look, the money does not go to the coaches. No. The money goes to help the kids have a better experience, better equipment, improve safety, and overall program. And so if you're a person who really values the high school sports in your community and your schools, this is something you want to reach out for. Push back on the cookies on the aisle at Kroger. Push back on getting the cookie dough out of the freezer section and help one of these kids out. Seek someone. Look, there's many football players and as many students at Dollar Branch. You can find a way to get to one of these kids, buy some cookie dough, and help them out. I think it'll be a big deal. 
Speaking of Olive Branch, one of their biggest alumni yeah, is... Biggest? <laughs> well, yeah, no pun intended, <laughs> but K.J. Wright is going to be hosting an elite seven-on-seven team. This is pretty impressive to, for an NFLer to come back to the community and trying to help out kids here to be able to be highlighted against quality competition in the area. And these give these kids an opportunity to be showcased. They meet the talent around to be able to have better opportunities for possible scholarships, uh, learn from the best. He's going to bring in coaches that are NFL quality. He went to Mississippi State, so you know he's going to have connections inside the state Absolutely. for you to have. He's one of the best linebackers in the NFL, so you're going to get time with him. Shame on you, the best. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stick with one of the best, but deservedly so. You can you can kill him, KJ. Remember, I'm your fan. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a fantastic opportunity for anybody wanting to play football and learn the sport. Yes, guys, this is for age groups 10 to 15, and I believe it's going to be held around April 10th, 1 to 4. They're going to do it over there at 3335 Pine Tar Alley in South Haven. That's that's Snowden Grove. Yes. Going to be so Snowden if Grove. you're interested in this, go to KJ Wright's Facebook page. He has more information there, has a flyer, uh, and spread it around. He's looking to help any way he can to let other people know, people who maybe don't listen to this show, but you can do your part to spread it around if there's something you're interested in. So please go help them out. And I don't believe that there is a limit on the amount of people that can try out, but the first 100 people to sign up are going to get a free t-shirt. Well, there you go. I doubt they have it in my size. Most people don't carry fat kids. But guys, I hope y'all really enjoyed the episode. We've had a blast talking to these amazing people. And we can't thank y'all enough for continuing to send information about the community to our email at theobpodcast at gmail.com. This is where we're getting a good bit of this information. So please keep sending it to us. We love hearing about it. Absolutely. And guys, always, we're on Facebook and we're on Twitter. That's OBPod or OB Podcast. And so make sure if you haven't done yet, check it out. Like the page. Follow us. Give us a share. Anything that you can do because we are trying to connect the community. Absolutely. And so please make sure you're doing that. And again, whatever podcast provider you listen to, if you give us a positive review, share it around. That also helps us tremendously. We're trying to grow the audience to help everyone. And this is a community building experience. And again, everybody, please, if you did skip through those ads or anything, go back and give them a listen because these are community people. This isn't anything national. These are all local people that you may even know. Yeah, so these are companies that provide services for this community, and this is not something you do want to gloss over, skip, always check them out. And even if you don't need them, it's good to know them in case you meet somebody who does need something, and you can always reference them. Exactly. So that helps everyone here. Well, guys, I hope you've enjoyed the episode, and until next week, I'm Zach. I'm Cash. And we'll see you then.